You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that usually means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers. Make way for Dark Helmet. All rise in the presence of Dark Helmet. Every week, I'll be talking with leaders in and out of F3, including regular appearances for my shared leadership team. If I'm going to do this, I'll need my news team at my side. News team, assemble! We're here for candid conversations, to answer questions from around F3 Nation, to pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. And we're back. Hello, Pax, and welcome back to the three boot of the four three. My name is Frank Schwartz, uh, known affectionately, well, at least hopefully affectionately, uh, as Dark Helmet uh, in the gloom. And I am joined this week, as is often the case, by many members of. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you know, it's sometimes it's a shame it's not a video podcast because uh, GMO just went shirtless again. I guess it got a little got a little warm in the car or something there. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think he just wanted to show off his sexy body, um, <laughs> his handsome muscles. or something. I don't know what's going on there, but um, yeah, I don't know why GMO went shirtless, but he did. I think he just wanted to make us all happy. And he did. Uh, we're going <laughs> to. Yeah, well, it's sufficiently must have been that off. photo. It must have been that photo of those guys launching down in Jupiter, Florida, with their shirts off. He, oh my hey. goodness, that was man! I was alert. at the beach. I was at the beach this morning. Gulf Breeze, Pensacola area. Nice. So the shirtless GMO fifty-seven Steve Schaefer is with you today. Yes, and we're grateful for it. Head of sectors for F three Nation. Uh, glad that you're here. Also joining us. Uh, I'm just going to list them, and we're not going to do the, the 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 age thing because. You know, I'm just not going to because I'm afraid of you having a birthday and getting behind and then I'll throw off my whole rhythm. and I won't have any idea what's going on. But Eric Noack Gobbler, the what's weasel up? shaker for F3 Nation is joining us. The head of leadership development, Seth Brown, 47 Bono. I said I wasn't going to do it. And then I did it. You did it. I did it. Uh, Hello Kitty is here. Dr. And Brian Jones. And we're back. And, <laughs> and last but certainly not least, Bada Bing joins us from not uh jacksonville as he pointed out 97 percent humidity sure does feel like a lot like jacksonville oh i bet it does i bet it does we were uh blessed to see uh, a little gift that uh bada being made of someone wringing out their shirt uh and i swear there is no question i i still don't know if i believe you i think you guys were at a water source he dipped it and then wrung it out because if that was just his sweat um wow first of all he needs to hydrate uh quickly uh, and secondly, I cannot imagine the smell that was <laughs> was present for all of that. It's delightful. Maybe next time we'll convince him to drink it. Is at least oh. a glass. <laughs> no, that's you know that. Mm, there's nothing good. Uh, nothing good about that at all. Pax, we are grateful that you're here joining us uh, every week. We strive, and I, I think we're doing an okay job of it here, but we strive to bring you along of the next 43 feet. We try and look at the issues that the nation is facing. We try to look at issues that you might be facing as regions, uh, as PACs, individuals, or whatever it might be, and kind of try and provide a little bit of a, hey, this is, you know, sort of this is where we're coming from. This is what we think at, at the, the nation level. Uh, and as always, the, the 
I guess the charge to you would be take whatever we say and uh, adapt it, modify it, change it, challenge it, you know, come at us, tell us we're wrong. Uh, tell us you don't agree. Tell us you have other questions that you want asked or answered. Uh, you can always do that by writing a quick note to any one of us. Uh, it's just our F3 name, typically uh, at F3Nation.com. So, you know, bada bing at F3Nation.com or Bono or GMO or uh, Dark Helmet, any of those. Um, so if you have a question, if you have something that is, is burning a hole in your brain and you want to know, or if you just plain disagree with something we said, shoot us a note because we'd love to, to hear from you on that. Uh, and as always, you know, rate, review, and share with a friend. It really does help people find us. <laughs> you know, I didn't know it, but it actually really does. Like the the algorithm that that sticks up, you know, like in the in the in the iTunes there or whatever it is, or all the podcast things. You know, if, if you're well rated, then uh, you tend to show up a little higher. So, uh, and speaking of podcasts, I can't remember. I think we talked about this last week, but uh, we've seen a, a number of um, inquiries come. And uh, Bing is not with us today, but he mentioned that they were holding, <laughs> they had to straight hold like conference calls, uh, like, you know, like almost like webinars with uh, the amount of, of um, inquiries that have come in lately, partially due at least to the Order of Man uh, podcast in which the nation was featured. Um, and those, those kinds of things are only going to continue to happen. Um, there are more and more opportunities being found. Uh, there are more and more opportunities being sought to gain some national exposure for F3 Nation. And uh, those kinds of things continue to come in terms of growth and, and inquiries and, hey, you know, we want to stand one up here or, hey, can you help me find the workout nearest me uh, and so on and so on. And so with all of that wonderful inquiry and growth and, and all those kinds of things, uh, you know, the question kind of comes up and says, hey, first of all, do you have a plan for that growth? Do you have something in your region, in your mind, we're trying to, to divine out what we're going to do at the nation level, but really it doesn't totally matter what we think uh, on that at the nation level, because they're not growing to the nation, they're growing to you and your local regions, right? So it, it's fine for us to have an idea or a plan or some thoughts, but we want to kind of know, like, and maybe give a little guidance today on how should you make that plan? Like, what does that plan look like? Do you have it? Um, because the growth is coming, whether we like it or not. And with that growth, you know, there, there is a, now we all joked about it and laughed about it a little bit before we started recording today, but the, uh, the, the question that the weasel shaker posed in our, our SLT slack was uh, how large is too large. Mm. That's what she said. Um, but, uh, but that is a question that we need to ask, like how many packs is too many packs? You know, at what point does a region become unwieldy? Um, and you know, I'd say it's probably different for everybody, but I, I want to kind of open our discussion today with, uh, with that in mind of, Hey, a, do we have a plan and what should that maybe look like? But really, how big is too big for a region? For a region. Clarify. Thanks for specifying that. Nope. Yep. No problem. No problem. So when does it start to become unwieldy? GMO, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of point down to you and say you come from what we are now terming a super region. Uh, that's not really a, an official uh, you know, term of the nation, but it's kind of colloquially been adopted because you've spun off, what, seven in the last uh, 12 months or something like that? I have not done anything. The leaders I meant of you as in, S, as in St. Louis. As, <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah, yeah. but there, there is a casting of vision that comes from the nation to the Nantan, you know, that's focused on being the cultural and spiritual leader of that region. And he knows it's not his. And he's got to give it away. He's got to give it away to his SLT, he's got to give it away to the site cues, uh, any guy that's shoulder to shoulder with him. So 
I think the, the plan is to make sure that your PACs are very clear on the mission as well as uh, the culture. And that's, you know, leading with the core principles, but leaving no man behind and, you know, creating cultural leadership and, and any opportunity you have to exhort another man to uh, move forward, either his idea or, uh, you know, himself is, is super critical. The, the thing that I was starting to notice when it was getting too large and, and Rhonda became, you know, the next Antan, he and I certainly discussed quite a bit that it was getting exhausting to get around to the number of AOs and the mm. distance that they were, that we couldn't remember the, the packs. And if you don't know the packs, you can't necessarily know where they're at to know how you might get them to accelerate. And so there was a bit of fatigue, exhaustion, and then, you know, concern and frustration of not being able to have, you know, impact on the men. And, um, and seeing some exhaustion at the, at the SLT level to kind of juggle a lot of glass balls. And glass balls are things, you know, you juggle and you drop them and they break and they're hard to put back together. So we're starting to see relationships that uh, weren't flourishing or acceleration that was becoming a little bit uh, stagnant because you couldn't necessarily be in the maximum number of places to, to get things to continue to move forward. And gee, when you say like, so was there like a, was, was it just sort of a feeling like a, a like a, something that you guys call kind of all noticed together or was there a certain metric you were using or kind of, how did you know for yourself, like when to sort of, to, to, you know, move that around or, or start looking at that sort of thing? I, I think there's, you know, are you seeing men be excited for the next thing? Were they being created? Were they, were they opening up new opportunities. When you start to feel like things are getting locked down because it's all you can do to do the basics, um, all you can do is just the number of AOs you have and you're not thinking about expansion. You know, that's, that's, those are some of the things I was seeing the, the SLT maybe not being able to be as engaged as they were because there was so much on their plates. Uh, one of the things that is critical too, is like a, a grow rock. I, I had seen a bunch of Nantans be the queue, the host queue of a grow rock. And, you know, for me, it was like, I need to make sure that, that our region is continuing to accelerate across all three F's and Q source. And, and there was a lot for us because not every guy's going to want to do grow rock. So that's where I set beans up to be the host queue because he needed to focus on a successful grow rock. And I needed to make sure that, you know, we balanced, you know, what needed to happen across the whole region. Um, the other thing we did, we, we started to, to think, you know, at a region level, how do we enable more leadership at a site? So we started to think about our site cues as Nantans because they were responsible for the culture at the AO that met multiple times a week. They were the most proximate. They knew what was going in on those men's lives. So we started to distribute the leadership, um, almost a decentralized model across our region uh, to really, I think, give some relief uh, to, the, to the leadership team, but also to encourage more leadership, to encourage those guys to create a first FQ, a second FQ, and a third FQ at the site um, because they could influence those men to accelerate in their lives, not just on the first F, but certainly more fellowship, local events, uh, Q source uh, mm -hmm. under third F, shield locks under third F. Um, mm -hmm. So just a, 
uh, proximity like a, and ability to influence. Yeah, almost like a like a uh, a region within a region, right? Like a kind of like a mini. In, in a, a yeah, at a small level. Yeah. yeah, at an AO. Yeah. Um, but we also had a. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say that the thing at a region level too is a, a, a expansion queue. Because sometimes those AOs become comfortable because they know each other so well. If you've got a expansion queue, you've got a guy that's constantly pushing AOs or the region to, you know, infiltrate or um, explore new territories in, in which to invade the said mm-hmm. clowns <laughs> of yeah. the region. Disrupt them. There's just, yeah. 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 No, that's interesting. And, and, uh, and this is something we've talked about offline. I don't remember if we've, uh, I don't remember if we've talked about it on the podcast before, but but there's kind of that two different models uh, as well of how you handle AOs, right? Whether each workout is its own AO with its own leader and its own thing, or whether a site where, you know, three days a week we have it here, you know, and therefore it's one guy handling all three days a week. And, and so we'll get to that in a second because I think there's there's some some value in that. But but I saw Bono uh, and, and Kitty both hop off of mute. So everybody, yeah. we'll, go, we'll go Bono, Kitty, Gobbler. So so one thing just to echo what GMO said is is the first thing of the grow ruck as far as that host key role being a great opp- opportunity to pre- prepare the next Nantan is exactly what we did in ENC. Yuraka was our our host queue, he just became Nantan. It's, it's amazing how that opportunity really is there. And so I think that the one thing there GMO that you guys were able to do is you were able to, to build and prepare leaders. So that way they're not scared of, of taking on say a new region or a split. And those things I think are key. And I can tell you just from a region that hasn't split yet. And we're, we're talking about it. One of the things that really got people's attention is the disruption of the status quo. And and that that comment and that that conversation really got some brains whirling about what have we done differently recently? What you know, how comfortable are we? Uh, the same AOs and and those things I think are there. And then the, the the next concept that really got some some traction to think about this idea is, is how do we build leaders? And exactly what GMO is talking about. If we have more opportunities for guys to to lead, more opportunities for first staff guys to support each other in first staff, not just have one regional, but to have the the guys around the region to help support them at different AOs, I think was, was key for us. So I think from my point of view, being opposite of, of GMO in a sense, cause we're still one region at ENC, just the idea of those are the conversations that really are getting us thinking about how do we divide and, and how large is too large um, mm-hmm. even for us in yeah. rural North Carolina, which is a different ball game than a city. Mm-hmm. So no, for sure. Kidding. And it's likely not uh, like a numbers thing, right? Like it, it would be arbitrary for us to say, hey, once you reach 500 active packs, it's time to split. We don't know that, right? We don't know that based on your size, your geography, right? But you take just into account what the size looks like. I, I think in most cases, you, you kind of know when you know. You know when you, if you're willing to take a step back, pull yourself out, look at the map, see where you're heavily located maybe see where the next closest region is like so in our area we got a lot right we got raleigh to the east we got carpex we got south wake below us we got a lot but there's some gaps where if okay carpex just split right and the south carry boys are now their own thing and that didn't come with some indigestion and trying to figure out how that's going to work but it means that they can then start pushing down in that area and when you look at it they got a lot of neighborhoods down there that are underserved that have a lot of guys in them there's a lot of areas that could be met, but if their if their northernmost point is 30 minutes up on the other side of Cary, it's hard 
for them to sort of continue to plant, grow and serve down there if it's a centralized kind of leadership model. So, and for us, right, and, and this is a very tangible example, you had a really incredible natural leader and a guy named Hermes that was just, of course, everybody follows that guy. He's a natural leader, but packs follow him whether he has a title or not. He's just a natural leader, right? And then he's got a good group of accelerating men around him that's like, you know what, it's kind of a no-brainer. And he's got some new guys that are coming in. They've been hot for F3. So in that instance, it, it's a pretty easy split off. In other areas, it might be a little bit more of a challenge, but then you just, so I think it's a combination of just the right guys in the right place. Does it make sense for them geographically? And then, you know, I'm such a proponent of every time you split, it gives a new SLT a chance to stand up. And that's only more men thrust in leading with each other, which I think is critically important in those kind of moves. Yeah, no, no doubt. Bob? So I'm gonna, I want to put a little language around some of this. Um, and it's Uh-oh. the term, I know, uh, direct versus indirect leadership. And so um, direct leadership is that ability that whoever you're leading, that group you're leading, you have the ability to influence through force of will and you know everyone in the organization. Okay. We would typically consider this small teams. Um, it, it about about 100 people is about the the extent that you can exercise direct leadership and know everybody that which coincidentally is about the size of the army company and um, or not enough, so coincidentally or yeah not so coincidentally the roman uh, legion had a centurion at 100 okay so what did he drive <laughs> what did he drive that, that guy well the van, roman course. equivalent of a minivan Sure. Yeah, it was like three horses 100%. and like it had four doors on it. I yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was like uh, there was like a sliding thing in the back. It's not Hold really... on, Gobbler. We'll get back. To I know. I know. <laughs> right, right now we're devolving into stupidity. Just give us a second. Good stuff. Give us a second. So, so direct leadership are those skills that actually Q source is really um, geared towards. So, if you read Q source within the vein of direct leadership, small team leadership, that is the mainly the skills that we're talking about, and that is what we are teaching through F 80 percent of the time indirect leadership is larger than that so now that now you're talking about organizations that are larger than 100 and if you're an executive in a company if you're um, you know on large uh, military staffs if you are doing something in a large organization you're not actually leading and directly managing the work you are actually tasked with setting culture and climate through which other leaders execute and that is a different set of tasks not separate from direct leadership because you're still leading people, but it's another layer on top of it. I would propose that within F3, we want our regions to be 80% of the time engaged in direct leadership. That is where you're going to have the most effectiveness. That's where you're going to get the most learning. It's where you're going to get the most power in doing what we do. That's not to say that a region couldn't couldn't exist and have a layer of indirect leadership. I think it, it can, but understand that I think a region is most effective in the direct leadership model. And so if we use the 100, if you start getting over 100 active packs, I think what happens is you get more and more falling off the plate, if you will. Right. You can't. It's very hard. And there are and I say this because there are regions. I saw a region this morning that had like over 200 hosts in the region in one day. I got it. There are regions. Birmingham. <coughs> Maybe. Um but I think as you know, kind of kind of talked about St. Louis, they had great effectiveness by dividing up that area because they kept everything in that hundred or lower where people can really where the Nantan can know everybody. If you're a Nantan and you're 
and you like like GMO says, you can't get around to all your AOs, or you don't you show up at an AO and you don't know anybody there. That's an indication that maybe it's time to split the region. All right. Or do something different in terms of building out your regional leadership. Mm-hmm. And, and the only reason I say that is because, you know, if you, if you have kind of that, that decentralized model, like, like uh, GMO was talking about, you know, you may be able to, to carry the weight of, of some more packs potentially. Right. But to your point, Gob, it's a matter of what are they really doing? Are they involved in direct leadership or indirect leadership? Are they, are they the ones on the ground ministering? And I, I use that word, not, not lightly, right? I get it. We're not a ministry. We know that, right? This is not, you know, third F is not a religious thing or whatever, but at the same time, there's an element of, you know, if we think this is just a workout and that's all we are, then I think, you know, we've all said it a million different times in a million different ways, but then we're kind of missing some of the point. Right. Yeah. And I, I think in the vein of, um, I think Kitty said it, plant, grow, serve. Oh, wait, it's in our mission. Um, <laughs> that it's 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 part of our mission to be star fishing and and planning and growing or expanding or yep. splitting that way we can serve more men and and I don't mean that in just you know geographically expanding but going deeper with the guys who are proximate to you and you know what I've seen happen is when you get a, even an AO where it gets to a certain size and you've got 30 guys out there, it's really easy for a PAX to slip in, slip out, make it only about the workout, make it only about them, and not really go deep with that guy to understand what he might be struggling with, uh, get him more involved in other parts of F3, and it just becomes a workout for those men, right? It's not more than a workout, as we say. And so I think it's very critical to ensure that, you're going deeper through the starfish model and not just expanding wider. I don't think you can do both. Maybe somebody on here can explain where both have been done successfully, but I think that's where we're unique in being able to go deeper with men and in, in their lives specifically um, through, you know, the plant grow serve starfish model. I mean, look like uh, commu- male community leadership in carry and in apex, which makes up carpex could be two totally different things. Cause now you're talking about, two chambers of commerce, two mayor's offices, two fire departments, two police offices. Those are all guys that as a leader, I probably want to start developing personal relationships with if I'm in an SLT in a region like that. And it you can't you can't be everywhere. Even with your, your SLT team probably can't be everywhere. So there's just, there's a lot of opportunity that we might be, could potentially be missing, right? If you sort of just continue to grow large PACS numbers in one uh, you know, sort of focused area versus looking for opportunities. Like, Hey, where would it make sense? And then I kind of always go back to, it's like, where does it make sense? And, and do we have the right leader who's ready to assume that? Well, that if those things line up, then it makes it an easier position and you're not trying to cram. Maybe you wait for that guy to, to sort of bubble up, or maybe you go out and identify him and give him a chance to lead on something else. And it's really easy for men to just slip in and consume when, you know, ultimately if you force them to unlock and start contributing through splitting, uh, they may have that desire, but it's just easier for them to consume. And so sometimes having candor, candor's conversations with them, that, Hey man, you're the next guy. I know you, you can do it. And, uh, here's the opportunity we're going to split and, 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 and they take off, you know, it's just a matter of unlocking them, uh, and giving them that vision. 
Yeah. I think Bada Bing. Uh, first of all, real quick, GMO. Um, seven points to Bada Bing for coming up with Candorous. Candorous, Candorous conversation. That was pretty solid. Also, uh, Q, Q point of the week, if you happen to be following along. And we in the idiotic are. numbering system? Yeah. Hard truth. Point eight. Hard truth. We, we hope, hope you are. are. Yeah, we hope you are. Sorry, GMO. I was going to come to you next thing, but, but but I just really wanted to make sure we hit that point, that uh, seven, seven points. Yeah, go. Love it. Yeah, I was just going to call out uh, Bada Bing uh, for his comment about pouring into the men and knowing where they're at in their lives and where you can then encourage them to take a step deeper in self-reflection, but also their personal acceleration for the acceleration of their concentrica. Um, when we talk about this, we often talk about numbers of men that were working out in the first F. And you can do that. That's the, the magnet, but you got to get to the glue and to the dynamite to do that. You got to be as an antenna and as SLT very focused on are your men accelerating through the leadership development process? Are they accelerating through Q source? Are you seeing them lead? Are they talking about um, how they've been changed and sharing that with other men? So we just got to also think about first 10 years, as we've discussed, has been really about the, the first F and we really need to pour in and go deeper on the second and third aspect of, of men's lives. And there's a lot more in quotes, work on that because it's more emotional than it is physical, but it's both, they're both difficult and they're both critically important for us to fulfill our mission. Yeah. I, I think both of, of what you guys said got me, me thinking about just building leaders and, and what one of the things I've learned recently doing some, some training with some really sharp people is when, when I ask them the question of, of which leader had the most influence on you, what's amazing is Oftentimes it's the leader who said, I believe in you. Here's an opportunity to go do it. Or you're doing some amazing things. You should go to grad school and become an, an administrator or whatever it is, or even in church. It's amazing. I think what, what you guys are saying is when someone is able to believe in another individual and give them an opportunity. And so I think one of the key things here about the whole um starfish idea and, and breaking off and dividing is really it's about invigorating male community leadership, that core mission. And one of the ways we do that is to provide more opportunities. Um, so I think that's one of the things there that's key because that's the the thing that's going to have a powerful impact on that leader for a long, long time, because someone actually believed in me and someone said, Hey, go do this. You're a leader. I believe in you and I will choose to follow you. So we've kind of kind of laid out some of the reasons why getting too large can kind of be detrimental but you know i think we need to we need to kind of be honest in kind of our description because i think that there are i don't want to say benefits of getting getting a large region but i think there are sometimes uh, perceived benefits and there's an attraction to that to be honest i think you know it's a numbers game some people just like to have the bragging rights we're the biggest region in whatever um, and I think there or the is the largest sort of, city by land mass in, uh, in all of America. Like exactly. guys like that. Sort some of people like to brag about these, about their largesses. So, um, so, uh, but I think, I mean, we need to be honest about that because it's, it's not really fair. I think to guys to just beat them over the head and say, split your region, split your region, split your regions. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the biggest drawbacks to splitting a region is you got to find sometimes two different people to do it stuff. That seems to be a limiting factor. Uh, when regions split off is just trying to find another guy that can run a website. Of course, I don't know. I mean, you could, I guess, have the same guy from the previous region do them. That's up to you. But um, there are 
sometimes it's hard to split a region um, because you can't find leaders. And I would say that, you know, this is where planning comes in. And this is where if you have to kind of have that, you have to go in um, at the outset saying, we're going to split this when it gets to an exercise. And you need to start saying that from the beginning, we are going to starfish. Because if you wait until you get to be 100, 200, 300 packs, and you start going around trying to find guys, you run the risk of having attracted a lot of guys who like coming and not doing anything because that's what's going on. You've got a lot of guys. Uh, I'm not saying they're bad guys. They just, because of how large you are, it's the 80, 20 rule, right? 20% of the guys do 80% of the work. And so that's why you had to, you got to start from the beginning. It's, it's nice to be able to show up and not be in charge of something. I'll, I'll be honest. It's nice. Um, especially when you're in charge of a lot of things at work. And so it's hard sometimes to get guys to step up and be the site queue. It's hard to get guys to be the first FQ. And, and it takes time to build that culture in a guy so they're ready for that. And if you wait until you need to do it, you're behind the eight ball and you're, you're missing, you're going to miss a good six to nine months as you're training up guys of what growth could have been, what guy showed up the workout and didn't connect and didn't come back. Yeah, that's a very good question. And, and so I think, you know, <clears throat> it's like everything in, in, in some, uh, in some fashion or other, right. Is, you know, yes, we're 10 years in, right. Or 11 years in or whatever it is we are. And, and your region might be five or six or seven years in, right. And all that's good. And some of it is we've kind of, you know, bumped into stuff and figured a few things out along the way and, and so on. And we keep repeating the model, which is great. But I'm kind of wondering now that we've had some of this discussion, like if the model is shifting a little bit and saying, hey, instead of just kind of being like this sort of raw, you know, and and underground kind of whatever, like maybe you go in and you start it with a little more intentionality, you know, and like Gobbler saying, like looking looking ahead. Excuse me. And this is part of what's what's great about having, you know, the guys on the SLT that that uh, that we do, because while I might be good for really, I mean, if we're being really honest, I'm getting to 43 feet. It's pretty good uh, in my mind, as far as I'm concerned. Like, usually I'm about 22 feet and I'm like, let's just keep fighting, baby. You know, like I'm hacking branches so fast, you know, and I don't even know what's going on. Right. So having these guys that are willing to look 43 and 86, you know, and, and 170, whatever, you know, feet ahead. Um, are, it's really, really helpful. And so if you start, you know, your job, even if, even if you're starting your job as a site queue and you start your job as the site queue thinking a couple things, one, when this gets to 18 and 20 packs, I need to start looking and going, how are we going to, how are we going to starfish this workout? Because it's going to get unwieldy. You know, we, we can't have 50 people showing up on Friday here. I mean, it's just not, it's just not going to work, right? It's too much for a queue, uh, to handle regularly. Um, it is possible, but, but nobody, everybody who's been in a workout of 50 men plus knows you ain't getting a good workout. It just, it's going to be really tough to do, you know, uh, unless it's kind of a set it and forget it. And then you're not really leading, you know, then, then you're back to clipboard. Right. And so, you know, the day you take on your site queue, you go, okay, what are the, what are those indicators? All right. When it starts getting this big, I'm going to, I'm going to think about, mm, how do I split this off? Well, if you're going to split it off, you better, you better have identified the next man quickly, quickly. Who's the next guy? Who's the guy that's either going to take the other half of this when he goes? Who's the guy that's going to replace you? You know, and that sort of thing. Like we don't do a great job all the time of, because why? Because we have been taught the opposite. The, the thing that we're taught by goo, the thing that we're taught by our mammon is you are to obtain and claim 
and hold on to power for as long as possible, build your organization, build your revenue, build your everything as big as possible so that you can sit atop it as some sort of king of the world and pat yourself on the back and talk about how wonderful you are. And look, look at what I have done. Look, look before me what I have created, right? And that is just, it, it's, it's gross, first of all, but also it's inappropriate because that's not real leadership. I'll share a quick story. Uh, those, those who know, not everybody knows, but our, obviously you guys know, SLT knows, you know, I've been looking for, uh, I've been running my own business for the last 16 years, uh, 15, 16 years, and it's been fantastic. And I love it. We're entering a new phase. And I, I have decided that I, I now am going to enter the, 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 <laughs> the force of the gainfully employed. I've never had a real job. I don't even know what it looks like hardly, but I'm doing it. And, uh, and I'm getting pretty close uh, with some of these things. But uh, I had a, 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 I went very far, like final interview kind of stuff and was ultimately rejected for a job at a very large national brand. Um, I'm not going to say what it was necessarily because it's not super important. They're a hospitality. Uh, they're in kind of the hotel, uh, whatever. 10,000-ish employees, right? And one of the complaints that they had was, and I'm looking for a communications role. That's that's what I'm I'm looking for. It's not Holiday Inn Express, bada bing. But I appreciate you uh, saying so. And even if it was, I wouldn't tell you. But the point is, I, you know, I came in and they were looking for this 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 comms role. They've never had a director of comms uh, in in their organization because they've never had they were they've never been this large. They've never had the same kind of challenges. And their big complaint was, how do we get this information down to the individuals? How do we get this down to the you know the 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 most proximate uh, in terms of client facing, you know, so housekeeping, maintenance, how do we get this message down to them? And I know now that I shot myself in the foot uh, because, and this is why they didn't hire me, whether they admit it or not is, is irrelevant because they, they danced around it enough that I kind of, inf- uh, you know, inferred out of that. Oh, okay. I understand what it was because I started talking about how you got a decentralized leadership, how you're going to have to push, comms down to the local level, however you can find champions. And essentially, you know, I just described how you got to move from centralized leadership and centralized comms, you know, the corporate saying, oh, this is what you need to do now, or, oh, these are the things we want you to know. And, and saying how we need to decentralize this and I'll, I'll deputize people within each of their markets and their regions and even down to the property levels and whatever it might be. And, uh, and I could tell that it sounded good uh, to the, the ops guy who was interviewing me. Um, and who, to whom I would have reported their COO. Uh, it sounded good to him. Uh, and then I think when it came down to real brass tacks, the, 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 the fact of the matter was, is most people are not willing to give up that centralized view mm-hmm. of things. It's mm-hmm. not possible for them. They have had too good, of it, too good for too long of having control over everything. And they're very afraid of dis- dispersing that authority down to other people and, mm-hmm. and you know, getting it out of you know, the corporate office uh, here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, I should probably shouldn't have said that. That might indicate who it was, but um, but getting it out of the corporate office, right? Yeah, and moving it out, and and very uncomfortable with that. And and you know that brings me to think of another thing, which is that Dread tweeted uh, just there was an art of manliness, and it said like you know some lessons in masculinity from Fight Club, and uh, and Dread tweeted something about you know I feel like and and the the way that he tweeted it, it kind of left guys thinking, wait, is he saying we're less manly now because we're not like Fight Club? Because he's saying like you know I used to think we were a lot like Fight Club, now we're not. And people were like, wait, we're, we're still manly. Aren't we still manly? You know? <laughs> and I had to say, I was like, Hey, wait, I have a question for dread. You know, like what the heck? And he said, you know, no, it's not that it's that, you know, it used to be sort of this underground movement. And now, uh, you know, now it's kind of, we speak at the room yeah. more and more of the light of day. Yeah. Hey, you so know. one thing then for us as local leaders is to, I think it's pretty, pretty critically important that we 
if we feel like we're getting more centralized in your leadership locally, I think you got to try to fight that. And I think it's one of the things that makes this thing so special and so effective is that we don't mandate (laughs) a lot from the top. Uh, And as a local leader, I think you got to be that that's going to be the rub, man. That's going to be the rub that keeps this thing as special as it is, as it's only going to grow more. Yeah. And uh, two things here. A, when I EH guys, I tell them it's basically fight club. B, I also tell them that it's not a workout group, but it's a leadership group. And I think by doing that, it reminds myself as well. Mm that I'm not just there to, you know, I, I'm, I've got right and I'm hopefully living right. Now I've got to lead right and leave right. And also leave that legacy for other guys to bring them along, bring them up to become the next leaders and give them opportunities to queue. You know, we just did the VQ week here, which was a ton of fun, um, kind of pushing guys out of the nest, getting them, you know, coming alongside of them, exhorting them, doing all those things to unlock these other guys to lead so that they can, uh, again, you know, go on to plant, grow and serve. And so, you know, I think that's what we need to remind ourselves is it's, it's more of a leadership group wrapped in a workout than it is the other way around. And the workout's just sort of the magnet that may entice some guys, but Hey, heard of some guys being enticed by a little barbecue source and a little third F action on, you know, EH and in on that direction too. So I'd like to know we're, if I can get in there. one of those. We're not, we're not going. <laughs> guys are naming guys at lunch now. And I was like, no, no, not doing that. Sorry, friend. But that's uh anyway, that's another story. You for still got to get your name at the workout, but yeah. Gmo go. Yeah. I was just going to comment that I think, I mean, we've had a little discussion around this, that the, Site Q, the AOQ is the most important role with an F3. You know, Reach. as the AOs go, the region goes. And it's kind of this tension around ownership. I own this AO, I own the mission, but for only as long as it takes for me to get to 12 to 15 guys the diminishing, you know, the um, DTRF, diminishing returns to fellowship. And I see so many psyche stamp and ownership label on their packs because they probably EH'd them. They've spent a lot of time having crazy mumble chatter and a lot of fun. And those are their guys. And it's almost like you got to go into it releasing them. I'm only with them until it's time for me to let them go and push them out of the nest or out of the corral. Because um, otherwise, that high sense of ownership creates the, the, you know, some of the fatigue. It creates some of the uh, stagnation uh, that happens. If you've got a, a really great psyche who understands his role is to develop other leaders and other AOs, that's where this thing really starts to unlock both for F3 and its mission, but also for the men in their lives. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So here we are. And obviously, uh, all of us have some pretty uh, strong feelings and opinions about this sort of thing and, and strong beliefs about how it ought to go or how it could go, or really even more to the point, why would we even discuss this sort of thing? Why aren't we still just one gigantic region, you know, out of Charlotte running from, you know, the mothership and, and so on and so on, right? And, you know, it's kind of like I, the reason I brought up the, you know, the, the interview story is because when I, when I didn't get that job, I felt like, aha, 
good. I know that I'm on the right track because giant corporate America had no interest in what I was saying we should do. Right. So I took that as the, as the, the, the validation for uh, kind of the approach that I take to, to leadership and to my life. And so, you know, Pax, we, we discussed around it today and we could probably spend three more shows on this w- without any problem uh, and discussing kind of the finer points of what it is. And so here's what I hope you don't hear. I hope you don't hear us sitting here going, uh, if you're, you know, if you're at hundred people split, you know, or if you're 10 people split or, you know, or whatever, that, that's, that's definitely not what we're doing. We have, or I have for sure, we, and I think we all share it, uh, a vision of the fact that we are the anti-organization. We are the opposite of whatever corporate is doing, whatever the world is trying to show us and teach us, we want to act in the opposite. And so one of the questions I would say is, is it time to split? Ask yourself this, if this was my job, if this was my mammon in my big giant corporation where I work, what would they want me to do? And if they would say, oh, no, 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 you don't want to do that. You don't want to split. You don't want to do this. Maybe, maybe give it a think, right? Maybe give it a think because our job, you know, Dred said something about Fight Club and maybe we've lost a little of that, um, yeah, exactly. Bada bing. That's the Costanza model, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe we've lost all of that fight clubby kind of, kind of stuff, you know, kind of that feeling. And I would say, um, well, yes, maybe, uh, maybe we have, maybe it's not sort of this underground counterintuitive counter, uh, cultural movement, but it's tough to leave legacy, uh, in the dark. And so it, you know, we, we have to come into the light a little more and, and some of that kind of thing, but I think we can still have that kind of gritty rawness to it. And my belief is, and, and we've talked about this as an SLT before, is that um, we don't need to reinvent wheels. We need to be the guys who go in and then show, teach, and love uh, the people in those big organizations, how they might try it differently and how they might get it down to you know a more proximate level on, on how they lead and how they treat other men and what they do. And, and the thing is, is that you know, sad clown syndrome is not going to be solved at a 100 to one ratio. Um, it's often going to be solved at a, a one to one or a two to one type of ratio or, or a shield lock four to one, you know, type of a ratio. And so the more that we can do to bring it down proximate, to bring it down to where we are a little more tangible, a little more hands-on uh, in our regions, whether that's splitting, whether that's, you know, creating more infrastructure around it or whatever it is we got to do. Uh, that's what we got to do, I think. And, and it's tough sometimes to leave our ego at the door and uh, recognize that we don't need to sit atop a grand organization um, because as uh, has been said to me many times, it's amazing what can be done when nobody cares who gets the credit. If it was easy, friends, we wouldn't need leaders. And that's why we're here. Until next time. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Thanks for listening to the 43 Feet Podcast. If you like what you heard on the show, or if it's helped you in some way, we'd ask you to rate us, write a review, and share us with your friends and networks. It really does help others to find us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com or tweet us at 43feetpodcast. The climb we're on to create virtuous leaders isn't going to be easy, but we'll get there 43 feet at a time. Hey, 